All right, welcome in once again. Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, number 111. And before I get started, I want to let you know that I recorded this on about April 30th, 2020. And so that'll give you a timestamp for this episode. And also, some little Skype issues have popped up once again. My Skype sometimes has a mind of its own, but it's all arable and really good stuff. In fact, Tony Patterson, our guest, She's a career mentor that specializes in coaching women to advance their careers. And according to Tony, it's not enough to do good work. You need more than that. In fact, good work just gets you more work, according to Tony. So what more do you need? Find out in this interview that starts right now. Welcome to Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, the podcast that tells you the story of how women are impacting business one guest at a time. Now here's your host, Jeff Bolitnikoff, with another successful woman and her unique business journey. Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, and I'm Jeff Litnikoff, and our next guest is Tony Patterson, and I'm going to give you her website. It's TonyAPatterson.com, so T-O-N-I, and then A, and then Patterson.com. you got to check that out, because the one thing she does is she helps women have greater success within their career, and we're going to... I'm not going to steal her thunder. I'm going to let her talk about exactly what she does. But what I found really interesting about her bio is she talks about how she thought the end goal, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but she thought the end goal was get a good job, have that position, and then everything's going to work out well if you just work hard. Well, Tony found out that's not really the case. In fact, she felt like she was getting even more behind by working hard. And it was frustrating until, as she said, she cracked the code. And that's where I'm going to bring Tony into the conversation now. Tony, welcome. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Jeff. I'm so excited to be here. I, yeah, I'm excited to hear about the story of you know, where you came from and you know how you finally realized that you needed to do things in a different way and and how you're mentoring other women to do the same. So, Tony, the floor is yours. Absolutely. Yes, I'm, I'm excited to share this. So it's exactly right. You know, I think a lot of us kind of grew up with you just need to work hard, right? You know, go to school, get a good education, get good grades, and everything is going to work out from there. And, you know, I mean, maybe in college that is how it works, right? You get good grades and you, and you get reward for that. Maybe you do get a really great job. But what I found when I actually got into the workforce was that, you know, working hard just got me more work. (laughs) You know, it's almost like getting punished, right? For, you know, you do great work and so they pile more work on you and you somehow miraculously get all that done in the time allotted and you do it well. And so they give you more work. But that doesn't necessarily, or it certainly didn't for me and for many people, you know, over the years that I've since spoken to, it doesn't translate into necessarily making more money, into getting the promotions, into getting the top assignments. And it just felt, for me at least, it felt like drudgery, you know, over time. And it felt like punishment over time. Like I'm just getting punished by being inundated with more and more and more stuff. And so... Over time, what I realized, you know, kind of when I was able to pick my head up and look around and see 
what other people were doing, the people who were getting the promotions or getting the salary increases or getting those, you know, awesome assignments, like what were they doing? You know, because a lot of times it didn't feel like they were working, certainly not as hard as me and sometimes not hard at all. But what were they doing? How were they standing out and getting the increases and all those things that every person who's working and who's like excited and passionate about their work wants to get eventually over time. And so that's what, when I say cracking the code, it was really just, it was two parts. It was one just kind of observing and seeing what other people were doing. But then, you know, I'm an introvert. And so a lot of that, you know, the flashiness and the over the topness that I was seeing, there was no way that I could do that, you know, not in an authentic way. <laughs> There's no way that, you know, it would come across as really legitimate for me to, you know, do certain things in certain ways and act in certain ways. But so then it was a matter of how do I do what they're doing or take the essence of doing what other people are doing and doing it in a way that would benefit me, you know, or that would really align with my personality, my values, the, the kind of person that I want to be. So let's talk about, because I know you specifically mentor women as you help them develop their careers. So what would you like the message to be to the women listening right now as to how they should be approaching their career? The main message, I think, is to put aside the notion that you have to either have a career that you love or have like a life that you love. And, you know, and life um, is, um, when I say, when I use the term life, I'm, I'm thinking everything outside of your career, the other parts of your life. Your career obviously is a huge part of your life, but everything else. So your family, if you have a partner, your partner, if you have kids, your kids, yourself, your self-care, all those other things. And so, so often I work with women who come to me because they have one or the other, right? And they, they want to be able to have both. Or they have the career and they want to advance that career, but they're afraid that to advance the career or to go after the big opportunities that they want to take their career to the next level, it means that they need to give up more of the rest of their life. So for me, the work that I do is to help women, one, to really get clear on what they would want their life to look like, and then to help them navigate how to have both of those things without too much sacrifice to either one. So let's talk about when you're coaching a woman, like say she just engages with you, she's frustrated, maybe in a place like you were in, where she's working and the only reward is more work. So what are some key things that she is doing wrong that is limiting her? And how do you get her a path to a place where, as you say, she can have a life and a work career that she loves or a career she loves, I should say? Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly can be different for every person. But general things that I find are, you know, women in particular do tend to believe that just doing great work is everything, right? Doing the, the work that shines, that's perfect, that's on time and really stellar work product is the thing that's going to get you the recognition or the thing that's going to get you the promotion. And as I said, you know, oftentimes what that gets you is more work, right? It gets you the reputation as the workhorse or the person you can rely on to get the job done, but that doesn't necessarily translate. And um, 
usually what's missing is the other part, right? The, you know, we're more of a put our head down and get the work done, but we're not doing the other part, which is building the relationships, you know, the personal part, connecting with key people within your organization, you know, that the part that's beyond the work, but the part that makes the work easier. If you get the people on board with you who have the power, then you don't need to do all the work. You just need to do, you know, the right work for the right people, and that helps to elevate you. So that's, like, I think a key thing that I do work with women on because it's something that we often forget to focus on. Where did you find the courage to do all this? Because in reading your bio, and I just want to go over this a little bit here, is first of all, you grew up in a family, and I'm reading from your bio right here, from as far back as I can remember, I mean way back, like fourth grade, The push in my family was for me to grow up and get a good job since that was the path to security. Can you tell this was the 90s? Instant respect, inevitable fulfillment, and money. Let's not forget the money. And you kind of go on from there, and people can read that on your website. But what I found interesting about that, and I combine that with the fact that you just said that you're naturally introverted, you are essentially, to make this shift, had to come up with a lot of inner reserves to, let's be honest, rock the boat and be willing to take chances because probably to your family from the outside, you're doing great. And to yourself, you're thinking, I should be happier than I am, but you weren't. So where did you find that inner reserve and that courage to step out and do something different and forge this path? Yeah, yeah, that is that is a great question because yes, I mean, at my core, always have been and you know embraced my introversion. Yes, and so I think for me, it started with. All right, so let me back up one step. So you know, by education, and uh, I am a lawyer, right? I am a practicing lawyer. I still do practice law in addition to my work as a career coach, and and not just a lawyer, but a litigator. So a litigator, you know, we are the ones in the courtroom talking to the judge, talking to the jurors. And so, you know, that in and of itself has been really a powerful promoter of me growing as a person and being able to kind of step out of my comfort zone when needed and say what needs to be said. But the way it started for me was really seeking evidence. So using the law as an example, I grew up on L.A. law and all those types of shows that were very popular, you know, in the 90s and maybe in, in the early 2000s. Uh, I remember that and show. I hate to admit that I'm old enough to remember it, but I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, what we know about those shows, there are these very extroverted and slick and like showboaty type litigators out there. And in the practice itself, there are a lot of those people as well. And so I came into this very concerned, you know, like, that's not me. That's not my personality. I'm more soft-spoken. I, you know, I'm more cerebral, that sort of thing. And it was a concern for me, like, how am I going to shine? Because I want to be successful in this career. So what I started to do and what I encourage everyone to do wherever they are is to seek evidence. For me, in that moment, it was to seek evidence that there are people who have a similar personality to me who are successful doing what I want to be doing. There are people who have the values that I have or think similarly to me who are successful. And so I found those people because I was looking for them, right? I was looking for them and I found them and that gave me the proof I needed. Okay, well, you don't have to be the loudest person in the room or the most 
flashy or interesting right person in the room in order to get your point across, in order to be successful, in order to make an impact in your profession. And once I had that, then I needed to figure out, kind of observe, test, right? There's a lot of social testing that goes on. Well, if I say this, you know, how, how is that going to be responded to? I know I feel this way about this issue, or I know I deserve this, or I know, you know, I want that great opportunity. I already know that by not saying anything, it's not going to come to me, right? So I've got to find a way to say it that will be true to myself and that will sound natural coming out of my own mouth, but that will also be effective. And that takes time. You know, I've been in a career for many, many years, right? So over time, I've developed those skills. And in my career coaching business, I have helped many women across various industries work through those issues. So work environment is different. Each coworker is different. Each boss is different. So you figure it out. But I think it starts with, one, like seeking the evidence. And then, two, being resolved in at least knowing that you, you do want the change. You do deserve it. You do want something more and better for your, for your career. And so you're willing to take the steps to you know, try to figure out how to get it for yourself. Well, we have a few minutes left before we head into our last few questions. But one thing I wanted you to address, and and I think it's mindset and action. You call it practical and mindset on your bio because uh, just bring out a kind of an analogy here. Like I could have the correct mindset to want to say uh, improve in the pool, and I instead of swimming fifty lengths, I want to swim a hundred lengths, and I need an action steps mm-hmm. to get through that, and I have affirmations and I'm ready to go and I'm real positive. But if I never get in the pool, <laughs> then, you know, it's obviously not going to happen. So uh, talk to me about the mindset that you tell your clients to have, but also the practical steps they need to actually put that into practice and make it happen. Sure. The issue is around wanting to advance in your career. So you've been, you know, at a middle management level for a number of years. You really feel like it's time for you to advance, Um, whether it be in your current company, you want to find a path forward in your current company, or you've determined or it's been told to you that that's not happening in your current company and you want to do it somewhere else. But assume, as you know, as I mentioned earlier, that you're also a person who is concerned that by moving to upper management, you know, taking on the additional responsibilities of this higher level will mean that you won't be there for your kids if you have kids. So you're, you know, you're, you're already, you know, walking this tightrope of how to be there enough for your partner or how to make sure that you are filling your own cup and you feel like by going to this new level, things are going to fall over the edge and you'll be so focused on working on the other things. So, you know, to the mindset point, it's, You say you want this thing, you want this new level in your career, but you're fearful, right? You're fearful that you can't have it or or won't have it without sacrificing some some other things. And so you'll be self-sabotaging, you know, you'll be self-sabotaging because you won't do what you need to do to get that position. Or once you get that position, you might fail in that position because you are so concerned about losing out on everything else. So the mindset piece is... Like I said, you know, it's the evidence, right, showing that people are at, you know, that level and still have a good home or family life or personal life, that you are at that level, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're underwater with work, right? You still can have a balance, you know, that sort of thing. So finding the evidence to help you get into that that place 
It's truly getting to a place of belief that it's possible. So the work that we would do around there is get, you know, getting you down that road. And then the practical is how to, would be the steps on how to take you from middle management to upper management, like how you present yourself, what your personal branding is looking like, how you are actually actioning, if you're looking outside of your company, how you're actually actioning the job search itself, or if you're in your company, what steps you need to take to make people aware that you're ready for this this new opportunity, to make people aware that you have the skills and the experience for this new opportunity, to set yourself up for success within your company. So the, those are the two pieces. Well, the way you've shared in this interview with all the great information and advice and the coaching, it's not a surprise to me that if you go to your website, TonyAPatterson.com, and it's T-O-N-I, and then A, then Patterson.com, a lot of free resources on there, free training, blog, all sorts of stuff. And so I definitely suggest folks go there. But what are some other things that you might want to point folks at that are listening that you'd like to tell them about as far as resources go? Yeah, absolutely. Particularly in the times we're in in 2020, you know, things are probably going a bit haywire in the the job market right now. I do have a a free training that is available at, you know, again, at my website slash free video training. And you'll see it if you just go to my website, um, TonyAPatterson.com. And that training is really talking about, you know, providing straightforward high-level but very direct job search strategies for the challenging times that we're in. So these are the these are the strategies that I would give to anyone who says, I need a job right now. Like, what, what are the two things? I mean, what are the few things that I really need to focus on first and, and most directly in order to help me find a new position now? And as we record this, just to time stamp it for folks listening, we are recording this on April 30th, 2020. And Tony has been very kind to have me record her later in the evening. It's about, uh, actually, as I record this, it's about 10 to 7 Eastern time. So it's really nice of her and her busy schedule to make time for us. And this is the time I usually record. So all the guests you hear on this podcast, they are making extra time for myself and then ultimately you. So it's it's very appreciated. And Tony, I got to give you the floor for the last question, which is, of course, whatever you would like to address the audience with. Tony, I'm going to hand the mic over to you, and you can close the podcast any way you see fit. Sure. Thank you. So, you know, I touched on it just a little bit before, but what what I find is that so many women are deciding, like, okay, should I make more money? Should I have more opportunities, go after more opportunities at work? Or, you know, should I be there for my kids? Or should I be there for my partner or that sort of thing? And I think that the reason those decisions are being made is because there's not true, a true belief that you can do both. And I'm not talking about, you know, that cliched, you know, women can have it all. No, that's not what I mean. I mean that you can have a home life that you really truly enjoy and then that is, you know, meaningful and purposeful for you. And you can have a career that's the same, you know. So it's really about starting with that belief. And as I touched upon earlier, where possible, kind of seeking evidence in others and in, and in situations that show you that that's possible for you. And then it's really trying to conduct kind of the personal inventories, right, that get to the heart of 
what you truly want and what you truly need in your life, right, in order to have fulfillment in both of those areas. And that's going to be different for you than it is for someone else. Someone will want to be at everything their child has. Someone else doesn't need that, you know. And so you need to do those kind of deep personal inventories to figure out what those things are so that you can figure out how to have that in both areas of your life. And then, you know, specific to your job, it's really about having the tools you need to find fulfillment in the job you're at or to find, you know, a new job that suits your needs. But again, it all starts with the fundamental belief that you can have both of those things in the way that you define them. Well, Tony Patterson, again, TonyAPatterson.com. Definitely check out her website and the free resources that she mentioned, especially the video resource that she just talked about. And hey, thanks for spending time with us this week on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. You must engage your audience ASAP. And if you still say elevator speech, then you are way behind the times. On the next episode of Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, we feature executive speech coach Deb Sofield, and she is going to tell you how public speaking has radically changed. Here's a bit from Deb. So think about this. If you and I meet at an event and you say, hey, Deb, what do you do? I say, well, I'm an executive speech coach. You are going to turn around and go find someone else to talk to. <laughs> you'll be thinking to yourself, seriously, I hate public speaking, which I hear all the time. But Jeff, what if I said, hey, Jeff, I can add an extra zero to your income. Whoa. There you go. Now you're going to stay with me. All right, let me publicly put it out there that we can only grow with your help. Two simple things we need from you. Just either rate or review the podcast. Ideally, doing both would be best. The more ratings and reviews a podcast has, the easier it is to find. But even more important, share the episode that resonate with you with your network if you love this podcast help others find it thanks again and see you next week